0: You're listening to Inside Outside Innovation, episode 56. Today's show is the second part of our three part series from our live recorded session at South by Southwest. Our guests were founders and CEOs from Target's Techstars Accelerator. Fernando Moncayo is a co founder of Inspectorio, a service to streamline the process of inspection in a variety of verticals and to make the process more accountable and fair. He also shared insights about what it means to fail as an entrepreneur and how to avoid common pitfalls. Our Inside Outside Innovation Summit will be teaming with passionate entrepreneurs just like Fernando who can help you understand what you need to do and not do for real innovation, whether you're an established corporate director or a budding startup founder. Startups get a chance to show their stuff with a $100,000 pitch contest and corporations can stage purposeful meetings with them by becoming a sponsor. For tickets and more information, visit theiosummit.com.
1: Welcome, the last of the uh, three amigos that were this morning at (laughs) the uh, wonderful panel from the Target Techstars Accelerator. Fernando, uh, same thing with them, who are you and what is Inspectorio?
2: Well, my name is Fernando Moncayo. I am managing director and co-founder of Inspectorio. We are a quality control and supplier compliance verification platform. So basically what we have done is digitalize the whole inspection process. So instead of using digital cameras, pen or paper to perform a critical part of the supply chain, what we did is um, we create an app and the inspector used this app. So they uh, perform this patient using the application. Then all the data goes to the cloud, and then from the cloud we can translate that into analytics to the our clients, retailers, and brands, especially. And since we keep the data from that, we can use it as standards. We have geolocalization. We have defect prediction algorithms. We are just starting with some machine learning capabilities also. And our final goal is to bring transparency to the global supply chain. Now, uh, Fernando,
1: uh, you had mentioned this morning. Uh, you did not just get started on this idea yesterday, right? You've been working yeah. on this for a bit. Tell yeah. us a little bit about the history and then what brought you to this and why the partnering yeah. with a corporation like Target makes
2: yeah. Well, we've uh, been and always talking in, in in we because we are three brothers. and We have been in entrepreneurs for the last 17 years. We bankrupt three times. <laughs> and so all the things that we learned during these 10 ventures that we have had together from the small to the big ones, you know, it's been incredible because I believe that Everything that happened in the past is uh, because of Inspectorio right now. So we start regarding Inspectorio. We start 14 years ago with a responsible sourcing agency in China. Now, uh, I mean, we already have offices in in India, Vietnam, already said China, some partnerships in other countries in Asia, and offices in Latin America where we came from. So from that moment, I mean, we realized that there is a lot of things to do on the at the source. So, because we have been inspectors, we have hired inspectors, we have been working with our inspection companies, and the problem is that there is a completely lack of transparency and trustability on that critical process. There is a lot of negligence, there is a, a lot of unreported defects, and sorry to tell you, but there is a lot of corruption as well. So... We are in 2017, and we are still, you know, receiving two days later the reports in PDF. The data is absolutely discardable. When uh, you just go to the company and say, where is the inspector? They say they are at the factory. Okay, show me. Where? They don't know. And right now, I mean, we're in 2017, so we have geolocalization at the phone. We have the Uber business model, you know, where you, we can not send the inspector. We just send the inspection file to the inspector that is closer to the factory. So we are faster into getting into the factory. Since everything we perform through the application, I mean, all the data goes directly to the cloud. And from that, I mean, you can create a whole network, you know. Right now, we we just start the program regarding Techstars as a third-party inspection company because we developed the MVP in Latin America. We only spent $8,000, you know, in that first MVP. And then we tested with some clients in Latin America. We realized that we have the capability, you know, to to do some geolocalization, even to decrease the time uh, to less than an hour. And then is how we apply to Textars, and in Textars we realized that it's not a matter of being a third-party inspection company. Uh, we were thinking, and actually it's a reality, to become a software-as-a-service platform for the inspectors of other retailers and brands. that They already have the inspectors and they need the software to perform it. And the third stage that we're going to launch it by the end of this year is to have the software-as-a-service for factory self-inspection. And this is kind of crazy right now in industry because right now the inspector is the police, the factory is the thief, and you are sending the police, you know, to, to see if this guy is guilty or innocent. And it is because of that because you everything is manual. Everything is manual. But right now, I mean, you have beacons, you have RFID, you have geolocalization, you have all the tools in order to bring transparency and to empower these uh, QC team at the factories to perform inspections. So the final goal that we have is that every single shipment from Asia, Latin America, or whatever the product has been produced, it must be inspected. And how you're going to do it? Through inspectorial software.
0: You mentioned going through the program, you kind of changed your business model to software as a service. Was that directly based on, like, the mentor feedback and the interaction with the corporation of, of helping you rethink what that was all about?
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, even though we had been, you know, in the business for 14 years, performing inspections manually as well, we knew the pain, we knew the, the need over there, but we didn't have, you know, the, the strategic scope. And actually, that's something that we learn from people at the Mentor Madness, and especially talking with people in the retail industry from Techstars, because you can have the idea or even the invention, but the innovation appears when with, with somebody takes that invention and solve a problem, you know, or probably take that invention to a different level or different use. So talking with uh, some mentors, we just realized about, you know, that there is a need for the inspector of these large retailers and brands, that they are there and they, they were having the same problem at these uh, multinational inspection companies. And then we realized that the software as a service is something that is going to help us, you know, to be more scalable. And the real value of the company is, is on that. So right now the third-party inspection company business just help us to be financial good health on the numbers because we are invoicing every day. But the, the real growth of Inspectorio is going to be when we can become like in the, the standard on the software that any inspector can use if they want to perform an inspection. Right now we are focused on a part of footwear. We decide to focus on that vertical because it's, it's the vertical that we had experienced. However, we are jumping into other, whatever inspection that can be done visually, we, we can go. So furniture, toys, uh, whatever, yeah, yeah. And then hopefully, probably in, in the next couple of years, we can even think, you know, to go outside of the retailers to other verticals where you also need an inspection software service platform.
1: Yeah, Fernando, one of the things I noted this morning and then even as you're talking here is you are a very passionate man.
2: Uh, like you, you have… I am Latin.
1: You're, you're Latin. Was, was this evident throughout the accelerator? Like, like when he gets on fire, man, he gets going. It's great. How do you translate that down to your team? Because I think we talk to a lot of corporations in our day jobs who, who tell us, oh, we want to have a culture of innovation and we got to inspire our people and so they get bean bags and ping pong tables and they're like, go, be inspired. How do you get your startup and the team members around you to be inspiring?
2: To be sincere with you, I mean, I believe that that is the strength that I have, but I believe that but not, yeah, I it's not good. It's not always good for entrepreneurship. Let me tell you this, you know, because we are where we are because we have a balance with my other two brothers. So, yes, I am the one who has the passion, but if entrepreneurship will be only passion, I mean, everybody will be bankrupt right now. <laughs> and happened to me when I was alone. So right now I am very very lucky because I have you don't choose your brothers you choose your friends but my brothers are amazing <laughs> and they have all the capabilities that I do not have so passion and this strength is is good in some part of the development stage of the company but you need to have a balance something that I need that I learn in TechStars especially because I am the one who is managing marketing and sales. For me, marketing and sales was like, okay, yeah. So you are good for talking. You are good for this. So you are the salesman. You know? <laughs> that is that is not real 100%. I mean, it helps you, but not always. And right now, what I'm learning is that sales, marketing, and every single part of the entrepreneurial life needs to be measured, you know? It's about metrics, it's about KPIs. So sales, I mean, you can talk very nice, but if you don't do the right calls, if you don't do the research in LinkedIn, if you don't develop the network, if you don't have a great product, if you don't, I mean, it's a mix, you're not gonna sell. Right. So passion is great, and I believe that, especially when, when you are in, in bad days, because, I mean, if you cannot deal with failure, I mean, you are not an entrepreneur, and, and there are some days that are very tough, And you need, you know, this this energy. Um, But also you need to have this balance because that same energy, if you don't have the right um, strategic approach and somebody that makes you the balance, you can lose all the money and you can, you know, make many mistakes. So entrepreneurship is about a team. Passion helps you, but it's about a balance. Something that I learned.
1: That's good. I want to hit on the the potential mistakes. You know, one of the things that... Uh, we we probably have are people who are thinking about starting their first business, so they're trying to get going with things. You obviously uh, through your years have had several experiences, uh, some of them successful, re-bankruptcies, some of them not as successful. What are some of the mistakes that early entrepreneurs make? Some things that uh, if if you were to talk to those first-time entrepreneurs now, you could get them to at least miss a couple of the potholes
2: that you did. I'm gonna answer that question, but but before what I, what I, I believe is that for example, if you bankrupt for me, a failure is when you do not learn anything that that is a, a failure when you background. A bankrupt. A bankruptcy could be also uh, your most incredible experience that you have had in your life. Mm-hmm. And that is something that happened with us because if you if you fail, if you if you bankrupt, I mean you you need to have this kind of morning time in order to to realize. What was the best, what you can do better from that previous experience? And then you're going to become smarter, you're going to become stronger. Regarding basic um, mistake that I will see is that I believe that when you are an entrepreneur, um, some of the entrepreneurs believe that they have the idea and the idea is everything. For me, the idea is nothing for me what really hap- really is important is your capabilities to execute to make things happen so for me idea is nothing the other thing is that they believe that they can do it alone and i believe that the real good entrepreneurs are very humble and they are willing always to learn always to listen to somebody else so if you really want to grow you you have to be open for somebody you know to tell you that you are not right and if you really other mistake is that you, you believe that you, you have something good, that you can do it alone, and you, you don't open that, or you don't show it to, to, to mentors, you don't show it to new clients, you don't validate whatever you are creating. So you are spending money, spending money, and then when you send it to the market, then, I mean, reality is absolutely different. And Especially in other not so developed ecosystem as the one here, but especially in Latin America, they spend even hundreds of thousands of dollars in the business plan the business plan is nothing, you know, these nice Excel, there is no reality. I mean, that is that is not what happened in real life. I mean, you, it's better, you know, to take a couple thousands, make a test, and then you make the test. If it is good, you scale. If it is not, you just close it. So. For me, entrepreneurship is, is a matter of uh, experimentation every day and you need to be able you know, to learn from those uh, es- experience, and then if they are right, then you have to scale. Entrepreneurship is, is, is something that, that uh, you're, you have to be open, you, you have to be uh, willing to, to learn something every single day of your life. Otherwise, if you believe that your team is the best, you believe that you know all the answers, then is the day that you are going to start dying.
1: I'm going to ask for any questions out here in just a second, but what I want to highlight there, because there was a couple of people who were talking uh, earlier about how do you innovate in a big company or a regulated company or any of, of those things. What, what you just hit upon there is one of the things that's most difficult about innovation with inside a large corporation, that that still insistence on the business plans on the, yeah. we know what our customers want because we've been successful.
0: Or here are the metrics we need right now for a idea that, we have no idea what that's going to be.
1: Absolutely. And so it's one of those things that corporations are starting to do a much better job of learning to do that, uh, both yeah. in the adoption of, of some tools like lean startup or design thinking or uh, innovation portfolio management to be able to understand when they take bets and how small of bets they can take to experiment around it. But yeah. I think until you also then have the experience and exposure alongside entrepreneurs, Who don't have the luxury of time
0: (laughs) or resources (laughs) (laughs) or
1: anything to be able to do that Uh, you don't actually see what's possible
2: i will say two things the first one is i believe that we are in a stage on the management or business but i believe that in management that what we have learned on the universities about management and actually how some of the universities are graduating the business majors is with a business plan. You know? And so, so we're in the transition on you know, so, some universities that are trying to teach business in the way that it was 50 years ago, based on some mythologies and, and whatever they are doing but 50 years ago but right now you already mentioned one of the best ones so we are in this transition because what happened uh, if you see the, the background from a ceo is is the one that is has 50s 60s you know they don't want to take so much risk uh, and actually so that is absolutely opposite and actually the corporation at itself is great for not innovate because you have processes you have to follow these manuals and that is not innovation and that is not entrepreneurship as well. And then in the other side, you have all these startups, you know, that they have a different way of thinking, different methodologies, different attitude. So then is when you have this, you know, crash. Yeah. So uh, what I believe is what happened, for example, with Target is a large corporation, but at least they have the willingness to be open, you know, to innovation. At least they have the, the option, you know, to get somebody strange to get into the, this building and says, okay, what can I learn from you? So... I believe that regarding the corporations, you need to at least to have the attitude to learn and to open your doors, you know, for the, the whole company to, to other talent. And the second thing that I was going to tell you is that regarding innovation, uh, there are different types of innovation. You have the, the marginal and incremental innovation. You have the disruptive and the radical innovation. Disruptive and radical innovation, you cannot do any sign of the companies. You're going to do it because even the culture, you know, from this corporation is is made to kill this disruption and this radical innovation. So whatever you want to do on, on this side, you have to take it from outside. And if you want to innovate inside the, the corporations, you can do some marginal, some incremental innovation as well. So... Th- there is where I believe that this magic you know with the startups and the corporation appears and that's why these large corporations are willing you know to open these uh, doors to this talent in order to accelerate the process because right now the changes that we are living because we have exponential technologies right now, artificial intelligence and you name it, is that the changes that these large corporations are going to receive in the next five years are equals from the, the changes that they received in the, la- in, for the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen if they don't change? They're going to start dying and you can see that they are dying so you need to open the doors as a corporation and you as an entrepreneur you need to take advantage of that but you have to solve a problem you you have to eliminate the pain that they have and uh, if you capable you know to talk that language I believe that you're going to have success.
1: Thank you Fernando. Hey, as a headline it sounds like you're talking about inside outside innovation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's the end of part two of our South by Southwest live recorded episode. Check in for part three to hear Josh, Fernando, and Brian answer key questions from the audience at South by. If you want to experience the same success as these startups, but you're tired of bootstrapping by yourself, you don't want to miss the premier Midwestern Innovation Summit. In the meantime, we want to hear from you on Twitter at the IO Podcast or the IO Summit and at insideoutside.io. Until next time, go out and innovate.